Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, the RV is headed to Tampa, Florida to chat with Joe Belcastro. Joe is a former journalist and head writer and producer for WWE. He has published his first novel called Dominature. So, Joe, welcome to the RV. Hello, happy to be on the journey with you. Yes, me too. I'm super, super happy. So I don't know much about wrestling other than <laughs> my dad <laughs> used to watch it when I was growing up. So what brought you to work with WWE? You know, it's interesting. Uh, some people you expect to know WWE if you tell them what you do and then other people you wouldn't. And then those are the people that are just completely crazy fans about it right but uh wwe you know it's it was always my dream job believe it or not and i i say that you know in a humble manner that i was very fortunate to eventually land at my dream job but i was just fascinated with the athleticism the escapism and the unique uh storytelling uh platform that we had because it is a show um it is you know you know, wrestlers trying to beat each other to advance their career, but it's also like a little bit of a soap opera with the storytelling woven in. And that evolved, you know, during my peak years of watching when I was in high school and college and I was just taken by it. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to write a movie. I didn't want to write a TV show. I just wanted to write for WWE. And, you know, eventually uh, I found my way there and it was an amazing seven years And I'm, there's still times where I'm surprised I left, but um, I couldn't deny the story I wanted to tell in Dominature. And when the idea of, you know, the premise of Dominature is what the devil banished God from heaven, that's when I was like, all right, I can't do both. And I made the tough decision to leave WWE. But I got to say, like, WWE prepared me to write that story. There is no way I could have completed this novel and, you know, pulled it all together if I didn't have my experience with writing storylines and dealing with the television production process in WWE. Oh, so it helped you on your writing process. Absolutely. I mean, the, the three biggest things I can take away in terms of applying it to writing something, you know, the size of a novel is I learned how to pace and arrange and character development because when, that's a balancing act and WWE is a live television show every week. There is no off season like most TV shows have. Um, there's multiple hours. There's easily anywhere from 30 to 50 characters you're featuring every week in the show. So balancing out and pacing the story, how much do you give away? Because you want to keep people interested to come in every week, but you also have to plan out where you're going and, It, it was a lot and it was almost like a master course 
for me in, I guess, storytelling. I know that might sound strange to some people, but until you do it, um, it, it's just very impressive. And I'm still in awe that we were able to throw out so much content and turn it around in that period of time. So yeah, it, it really did prepare me for everything. And have you always wanted to be a writer or was something that came up after WWE? <laughs> if, if I could do anything, I would be a musician, a professional musician, a rock star, whatever you want to call it. I am, I am at my happiest when I'm doing that. I don't do it as much anymore, but I did try. Like, I would love to just write songs and perform them on stage. That has always been my most enjoyable, um, I guess, writing aspect of my life. But it's, it's just been on a small level, like local bands, some with friends. Um, but in, no, I mean, like, so yeah, I guess writing has always been in me, but that's always been my first choice. And who knows, maybe I will, once I get this author stuff out of me, maybe in seven years, I might try to revisit the band stuff. But um, yeah, like writing was always there. I mean, I've always been creative. I just didn't really know. Um, besides the WWE job, I didn't realize I wanted to do so much more with it. You still can be a a singer or... <laughs> I don't know if you want me singing anything. <laughs> um, uh, my family will tell you you don't want me singing anything. <laughs> But, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I could. I, you know, obviously anybody can still do anything if they have the time and the passion and, you know, they can go for it. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm not... I'm not looking for the big uh, platinum album or selling out arenas. If I do it, it would be just for pure fun with people mm -hmm. that I enjoy doing it with no pressure. If I ever go back to trying to do something on that scale. Mm -hmm. And your book is called Dominature. So can you quickly tell us what the book is about? Yeah. So the, you know, I mentioned earlier, like the, the premise and the hook that's really kind of grabbing people's attention is what if the devil banished God from heaven? And where did I even come up with that? You know, so I, as I kind of mentioned, I love cinematic storytelling. I loved going to the movies. I, I just, I am a big uh, fan of horror movies, especially when it like touches upon the devil, whether they make him just an angry demon or they make him more of a psychological character, like, uh, you know, Pacino and the devil's advocate. Um, I was always drawn to that, but what I kind of was always left wanting more of, and I'm sure there's movies that might have done this I just never saw, but like the, the character of a god and the character of the devil, which arguably could be the biggest protagonist and antagonist you have in our world of storytelling, like people just kind of dabbled with it or they're just on like the peripheral and not the featured characters mo more times than not. So I was like, oh, I really want like an epic kind of Lord of the Rings type saga. Um, you know, initially that was always in my head. And when I was a journalist, I actually alluded to that in an article um, when I used to write about things like, you know, things I would like to see in a, that studios can make. And I did actually write about, you know, an epic God versus devil. It's not entirely the same with what I did in Dominature, but When I circled back around to it and I was starting to feel like I really want to tackle that, um, 
you know, and then, then the dynamic hit of what the devil banished God from heaven. So that's where originally it came from. It was just always going to be there. And one day I wanted to like put that out there. I didn't realize it was going to be a novel until I sat there for a weekend and I started mapping out the story. Cause when you write a story, you always got to outline where you're going with it. Right. And so once I saw what I did and I was like, Ooh, this is a lot. I can't write a movie. I can't write a television show. I need to, you know, I also wanted the challenge of writing something different. And so I was like, all right, let me do the novel. And then of course, as you do it, you know, to your question, like what's it about besides the obvious, it's just really about, you know, exploring human nature. And even if there, you know, there are gods, you know, their nature, how would they really react if, you know, set in our world, even though my world is very familiar, I do create some, you know, fantastical elements and, you know, the God character and the devil character aren't exactly who, you know, people might think when they hear it, like based on religion or something like that. So it's a very kind of like an alternate history, but with like a low fantasy vibe to it. Um, yeah. And it gets deep, but I also have some fun with it and I try to make it adventurous and entertaining as well. Sounds very interesting. I would like to know the meaning behind the title. I was searching it on dictionary and I didn't find Oh, no, I made, I came up with that. The title, actually, if I go too deep into it, it kind of gives away the ending a little bit. But um, what I can tell you is in Dominatrix was a balance of like, you know, our, our inherent need as humans, I guess I will say, and I use the divine people as well, even though I've never met a divine as far as I know, uh, you know, what is our dominant, um, impulses that we struggle with every day and do you relent to them? Do you let them take over or do, are they motivators for you? And what are you motivating to? So I had that. And then the nature part, um, you know, so like dominant, right. And then the nature part, I do give my divines a certain type of supernatural powers. And, but I didn't want to go do too crazy. Cause like, look, everyone's done magic. Everyone's done, you know, the force and star Wars and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, let me make something kind of realistic to the story I'm telling. So they can alter, you know, just as like, we've been told, in stories of creation, they can alter the elements of the world. And so it was like a little bit of a play on the themes. And then also I was like, I need a cool title. And I was like, dominature. It's kind of has a little bit of everything. And so while it might not be completely clear, if you just pick it up and like, oh, dominature, what's that about? That's why I added the tagline, what if the devil banished God from heaven? And that seems to be the real hook. But then I think by the time you finish it, and I do literally hit this on the head. Um, Dominator makes a whole lot of sense of why that is the title of the book. Gotcha. It means that I'll have to read your book until the end. Because yes, I'm that- reading and I don't have time, but now I'm so curious. And so you explore the nature of good versus evil in your book. Hmm? I do. And that... You know, you naturally have to go there, and I wanted to go there. Um, but, you know, people a lot, especially nowadays, 
a lot of people are asking themselves that question. Why is there so much evil in the world? Right. And, you know, when you think about it, that, that kind of led me to the dynamic uh, switching the dynamic around of like, yeah, why is there so much evil in the world? Well, maybe the devil won. If you believe in, you know, that religious aspect, you know, maybe the devil won a long time ago. And that's why, you know, maybe deep down we are good people, but we have to struggle against a force we can't uh, control. So really, I can sum up the word, uh, I can sum up the book I'm saying in one word, and it's balance. Uh, It's a delicate balance of, you know, are we in control? Like we all strive for balance in our lives. Like we're all taught that have a balance, have a work-life balance, have a balance with your relationship, have a balance with whatever. Right. Um, And maybe to a certain extent we can control that, but in my opinion, maybe we can't control any of it. And we are just in a constant uh, battle, whether that be physical or mental and it's just ongoing. And so I take, that theme, you know, it is a theme of good versus evil, but I do kind of get more philosophical with it uh, as I write the story, keeping in mind, like, you know, I have to go deep on some issues in this. And I, you know, when I finished it, I, I kind of felt like, and then the, the one part of this wasn't planned, like, I'm like, oh, I kind of almost delivered this into documentary style, meaning I didn't sway anybody one way or the other. I don't really have a, an answer to the question, I'm just presenting the evidence. Some of it legit, some of it completely made up in my head. Um, But uh, I don't know, you know, the true answer to what that is. I'm just saying, let's look at human history. And the one thing I can say for facts is like, we haven't really evolved that much. We being human beings, Things around us have evolved. We've created infrastructure that's evolved greatly. Technology, obviously, but at us, how we operate internally, I mean, it's kind of scary, but when you read history, and I had to do a lot of research because I do jump through a few key historical moments. Uh, I didn't want to do too many because uh, I don't want to confuse people because I do have a lot of characters of you know, uh-huh. characters, characters you're familiar with and then other characters that I created. So I picked like two or three periods to focus on, but I narrowed that down from like 10. And you see a pattern that's just, you know, it's the old saying, you know, history repeats itself, but are we learning from it? And it doesn't appear that we are <laughs> not at the rate no. we should. No, you know? I-, I agree with you. I don't think we are learning from our mistakes hmm? yeah and yeah sometimes i don't even think we learn from our successes <laughs> exactly that's, that was you know a lot of people see my book cover or when i'm at these book festivals or doing signings and a lot of people think oh is this a, is this a horror movie book or horror movie is this a horror book and i'm like uh why do you say it? i ask them like why do you think that and you know they say, oh, because blah, blah, blah. The, they reference some movies from the past. And I say, no, but like the one scary thing that I found is like, yeah, we do not learn from our successes. Uh, forget the mistakes. It's like, wow. And, you know, we're, I don't dive into too many political things, but, you know, there's a certain crazy man in Russia right now. And 
there's a, <laughs> you'd think we'd learn how to deal with them, but, uh, you know, I, that you're seeing the same pattern happen and who knows, it can be a different outcome, but I'm just like, wow. So I'm like, I better get my second book done quick. Cause who knows? Yeah, I think you you can write more than two to three books. Well, yeah, I, I'm a big believer too, and don't overstay your welcome. Like I see, I am a I watch a lot of television shows and series, and uh, I just you know some seasons should they just last too long. Like there's a perfect spot, like you season four or season five, you can get out and leave everybody happy, but. You know, and I get this side of it. There's the money side. I saw it with my own television show. Uh-huh. Like, you know, they give you more money if you give them more and then you get to have a better lifestyle. So I get the, all that decision making. But for me, Dominatrix, I wrote as a complete story. I did realize like, oh, I know I want to do some more with it, but I'm going to cap it at a, like, I know how much more I'm going to give. And if it does become successful and like, you know, say a publishing house or somebody like that says, can you give us five books? I'll be like, no, I cannot give you five books. And people do not believe me when I say that, but believe me, I know where the story ends and I will not go past it. And that is it. Okay. It will be only one book. Well, there's, there's some more to it. Um, I mean, but I, I, I know where the end game is. I'm not going to just force out um, a story for, you know, a big contract or something like that. Um, I'm fortunate I can say that, <laughs> but I, I, I really believe like sometimes you just got to know exactly where to get out and how much to give. Don't dilute your product, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you're telling me about your writing process. So it must have been different from your journalistic work and television writing. Was oh, it yeah. difficult? <laughs> the, the most difficult part was writing the back cover description, believe it or not. I actually flowed through the story fairly easily. And I think the reason why that I was able to do that And look, I'm going to be judged by when people finally finish the book and reviews are out there. Early reviews have been pretty good. Um, but in the end, I don't know, like, but how people are going to respond to this. But my instinct is like when I left um, WWE, which was a television writing, I only took, and, and I've said this in other interviews, but I only took eight days and I did nothing. You know, I, I left this rigorous weekly, you know, sitting in a writer's room, getting content, shooting the TV, producing it live on, you know, on the air and all that. I only took eight days and I just kept, and then I started chapter one because I already had the, the book outlined and I knew where I wanted to go and all the beats to it. So I think the writing process of just like, you know, from chapter one to the end was easy because I stayed in that work ethic that I developed at WWE mm-hmm. and I treated this like a job. Like if you leave your dream job, you better focus. Like I didn't <laughs> enjoy life. Um, I didn't go on vacations or anything like that. Um, I just buckled down and set a schedule and gave myself a minimum of, you know, get a thousand words down a day, whether it, they're great thousand words or garbage thousand words, you can go back and fix that. So that part so far has been okay. And even though I'm like 
I don't know, 70% through the second book. And I've kind of stayed that mindset. Um, so that's been helpful, but I'll tell you what, the difficult part and was just writing the back cover in my bio, <laughs> which oh. I, I'm not good at, um, I guess, bragging about myself uh-huh. or trying to write about myself. Uh-huh. I feel like I'd rather just other people do it, but you know, I had to do it. And then the description, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is a, my first book, forget anything I've done prior to that. Like, how do I, how do I convey this and hook people um, to read it? And so that was driving me insane. I, I did reach out to certain people. Uh, to this is the best. Of, yeah. Yeah. Like, cause there's a saying I, I like to throw out there. Um, and I picked it up at WWE. Uh, everybody needs to be produced, meaning you might be an expert at something, but you need somebody to kind of, no matter what level you reach, you need somebody to kind of give you another opinion. And why I didn't want to share the book with anybody, because I, I don't really believe in beta readers. Um, I figure like you have to trust your own instincts uh-huh. and put it out there because you can drive yourself crazy. It's just like writing a song. You can tinker with a song forever, but eventually you just have to go with something. So, um, yeah, like I was just happy to have some feedback and that was a huge help to get me through there. Cause then, you know, when you send a query letter out to agents, you're trying to hook an agent and it has, you have to do it in 400 words. It's like, how do I get this person to do it, uh, to buy into this and request the manuscript where <laughs> like, there's so much to the story. And that is just, that's, Oh, that, that is torturous. I mean, that was the first time I was like, I don't like writing. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Maybe the next time you can ask a friend to read your book and, you know, write. Uh, a book. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, that's it's just tough because like, a, you know, that's the thing about a book. If like I, if I made a movie or I wrote a television script, those are easy to read. You can just get through those quick. Right. And you can get instant feedback. A book is a process, especially when I write, you know, my genre is, you know, it's fantasy and a little sci-fi. And so it's not, it's longer than your typical book because that genre can be a little longer. So it's not easy to do. And like, I released this book back in February and, you know, it takes, and it's a challenging book. Don't get me wrong. I knew what I was getting myself into. I didn't want to make this cookie cutter book, um, even if it was my first one, but it does take time for people to read it because everyone has their own lives. And, you know, mm-hmm. people say like, you know, people enjoy it. And they said, people that have finished it said, I, I was at my best where I could just take a day and plow through like the 200 pages. Because wow. if you try to read like just a chapter a day, like a chapter one day, and then a few days later, you try to read the next chapter, it can be tough. Um, and I knew that going into it because I'm I'm a big believer in challenging uh, people. I loved when my favorite, you know, I'll do movies like directors challenged me. Like I love Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, his movies are not, uh, are, they don't like coddle you into it. They're they're like dial yourself in, focus because I'm going to try to challenge you with some things. And I wanted to do that and. 
whether that's going to be an, an, a lovely introduction to me into the author world, I don't know. But uh, I was going to stick to what I believed in. So that's why uh, I did it. I don't know if it happens to you, but we are always a little bit concerned. Yeah. I, do you, um, let me ask you this. Have you written a book? Yes, I wrote four books. Four yeah. books? Oof. Yeah. And I'm publishing an, an anthology this month, hopefully. And like, do you, like I know I, I gave you my perspective, which is probably a little different, but like, is it the same for you? Do you struggle during the writing of the story? And do you have a lot of self-doubt during that? Or are you pretty confident in what you're going with? Um, so I'm usually pretty confident when I write my books. But when I published Zoe the Crab book one, I was worried that there was something missing and that I, and that I should have written more. You know, it's, it's funny, I, I asked, um, I got, I had a professional editor and, you know, I, I combed through everything they did to, you know, I always believe you can learn something, even if you have the confidence that I had. Um, and look, every, there's always gonna be something you look back on like, Oh, I can't believe I left that in there. Right. But, um, Einstein has that example where like he's, he solved like 10 math problems like these 10 equations, he, he did it for a, a class and he solved nine of them perfectly, but he purposely made the 10th one just incorrect, right? And the class was like, okay, he got the first one. Oh, he got the second one. He gets all the way to 10 and they, they see like, they get crazy because they like, oh my God, he, he Einstein screwed up the 10th problem. He's not perfect, right? And they went on, I don't remember the exact time, but like they were like just, laboring the point for five minutes and then he goes very you know very einstein like i guess he just goes none of you praise me on being perfect on the first nine problems you just focused on the last one where i made one little mistake yeah, yeah. and that's unfortunately uh, what people do when they read your book or watch your movie yeah. or watch a tv show and that's something i look i do discuss that part of that human nature of like, why are we so geared towards looking to bring something down? Um, even though, you know, 90% of it could be fantastic. And I, and look, I have toyed with asking my PR person, I'm like, can I rate my own book? Like where people would see like on a, a Goodreads or Barnes and Nobles or Amazon. And I'm like, cause I want to show them, I would only give it a four out of five stars. And I know people are like, they're probably like, why would you say that in an interview? Uh, this is the first time I've ever said it. I said, because I feel like I, I, and I felt this way when I wrote my television show, I felt I never hit, you know, a hundred percent or I wasn't five out of five stars because I don't think you could ever get there. I think you should always drive for that, but I don't think you'll ever get there um, in your own mind people want to say you do great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, like this first book, I'm like, I felt confident enough, like, you know what, I can give this four out of five stars or however rating system you want to use. And that gives me motivation to make the second book four and a half, <laughs> five stars if I can get there. Right. Cause uh -huh. that's what I want to see. Like I want to see, I want to see myself get better. Just like any band, like their first album is very few bands like knock it out of the park with their first album, but some do. 
But then, you know, people talk about their second album or their second movie or their second uh, book. Uh, Dan Brown didn't get noticed, I think, who obviously is a no. <laughs> you know, influence on me. I don't think he got noticed. I think Da Vinci, I, I, I screw up his timeline sometimes, but like I know Angel and Demons, I think it was the first book he wrote um, in that series. And I think Where's that was the like a, the Langdon series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Da Vinci Code, I think, came after. But like people thought that Da Vinci Code was his first ever book. Like, no, he wrote like three or four before that. And Da Vinci Code just stuck and took off. And then everything else picked up from his past as well. So, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, uh, you never know what people are going to gravitate towards either. Nine people will love your book. And one is not going to like it. But this is part of life. No matter what you write. I mean, you wrote children's books. But, um, you know, putting a book out there where you're on your own. I think it's the most vulnerable thing you could do uh, in this art form. You know, when I was writing the television show, yeah, I was vice president of creative, head writer, whatever my title was attached. Uh-huh. But I had a team, you know, it wasn't like we had a team of people. So like if people were slamming it, uh, you know, we it was easy to take that blow. But, you know, I prepared myself, you know, like, all right, look, this is all on you. Uh, and it is no matter what, like, I can't, I won't blame an editor for anything. I won't blame marketing for anything. Like if this doesn't go where I want to go, it's because it's on me. And I have to, once I accepted that, it's going to be easier if, if I see a bad review or somebody slams it or like says something like, then I'll be like, you know, I think it'll be easier to brush off (laughs) for sure. Mm -hmm. And now that you've published your first novel what is next for you you've been doing so much so i'm sure you Uh, have more things to do (laughs) well no i want it i really want this to work obviously i want dominature to um to catch and then eventually you know obviously the dream is like hopefully it can get adapted because i i wrote it because i want to see this play out visually i want to see it on a movie screen or on a television show um, so that's my ultimate goal with it. Um, but so right now it's just, I'm currently on a book tour and I think, um, you know, right now I'm going to comic cons and book festivals because the comic con crowd is actually drawn to the subject matter, which was a nice surprise. And so I'm just doing that for the rest of the year. I'm pretty book solid with that. And then I also, like I said, I'm 70% through the second book. And my goal was to finish that by the end of the year. And even a lot of people say, why do you put deadlines on yourself when you don't really have to? I was like, oh, that's what keeps me going. I'm, I'm a big believer, even in journalism, which, you know, you naturally have deadlines. And the television show had a deadline because it's going to go on the air, whether you like it or not. Um, that has helped me. Um, I don't feel I'm rushing anything, but I I do just, you know, so to answer your question, like, that's what I'm doing. I'm just keeping myself focused because I wanted to get this out of me while I feel like I'm in a zone and I have the energy and we'll see what happens. You know, I, I can't, I can't tell you where I will be in five years, which is kind of fun. Uh, I like not knowing that I I have an idea where I want to be, but a lot of that won't be up to me. Um, 
be up to like if people read this and word of mouth spreads and obviously reviews and stuff like that. And maybe this book is going to be on the big screen. Uh, I mean, look, I think we all, there's so many writers that have you found that? Like, I was surprised maybe. how many people um, go after trying to write a book. And maybe I was just naive to it, but you know, I'm not a big social media guy. I am now because I have to. So like the Twitter and Instagram and like everyone says, oh, follow other writers. So I'm like, okay, let's try that. Yeah, it's like, important. Oh yeah. yeah, but there are so many writers. Oh my Lord, everyone's trying to write a book. <laughs> yeah, nowadays it's easier than before, way easier. And maybe after this pandemic, people start yeah, writing even more. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great that people tap into that side. Uh, I just did not realize, you know, some of the agents said, oh, there's a ton of competition. And I, and I was aware of that, but I did not, I did not have a clue how many people are actually going for this. Um, it's kind of like, it reminds me of like back in when I was in school, uh, high school, even younger, where like everyone wants to be a professional athlete. At least that's where I was growing up. So everyone's playing sports and then, you know, everyone's trying and it's, and it's like one percent make it through it's like oh we are we are a very masochist society when we try to torture ourselves to make our dreams but um hey look i i if i only if i was able to achieve my one which i did i will go out happy whether dominatrix makes it or not so yeah absolutely so so would you like to leave a message for our listeners today yeah, buy Dominatrix, read it. Let me know how it yes. goes. No, you know, I don't have, I mean, look, I, I uh, my personality is very playful and goofy, but then like there's a deep side of it, which I think I've shown a little bit during this uh, discussion, which I've enjoyed. Um, but sometimes I'm like, there's no middle ground. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my advice is um, have some uh, middle ground in your life. Um, find that balance. I mean, the whole theme of this story and my process is about balance. And I don't know if you'll ever fully find the perfect balance, but um, if you keep trying, like it, it does help. And that can apply to your craft. It can apply to just daily life stuff. Um, that has given me some great perspective. And, you know, if I, that's my philosopher moment for the year. <laughs> so there you have it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I know you're not a fan of social media, but can you share yeah. your socials with us? Yep. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is dominate your novel. Mm -hmm. uh, so the title of my book and novel and um, help me out. <laughs> I, I hid from social media because the WBE fans were very uh, passionate, but now I needed to, now I need social media. So I'm embracing it, even though it's against every instinct in my body to embrace it. <laughs> and do you have a website as well? Uh, there's a link on those sites I, um, that will take you where I have all my places you can buy the book around the world and um, any updates, press releases, and my book tour where I'm going to be stopping. Um, the rest of it's in the United States. So I'm happy to be traveling around closer to home. Wonderful. And you know that you are always 
welcome to the RV. When you publish your next book, please come. Actually, I'll go back to Florida because I'm missing Florida <laughs> so much. <laughs> And yeah, uh, what, what you guys, what you didn't see is she has a lovely view where she is in Spain right now, and yeah. it made me jealous. Um, so I might have to come out there to see you. Yes, of course, book. I'll be waiting for you. And yes, thank you very, very much for your time. And now I have to read your book because I'm curious to know why you chose this name, <laughs> this title. Yeah. Step into my head, you'll enjoy the ride. I promise. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.